Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. Today we have a wonderful best-selling author to share with you all. Denise, would you like to introduce her? I would love to. Christy Whitman is a transformational leader, celebrity coach, and the New York Times best-selling author of The Art of Having It All. She's appeared on Today and The Morning Show, and her work has been featured in People Magazine, Seventeen, Women's Day, Hollywood Life, and Teen Vogue, among others. Christy is the CEO and founder of the Quantum Success Learning Academy and Quantum Success Coaching Academy, a 12-month Love Attraction Coaching Certification Program. Christy has helped thousands of people worldwide to achieve their goals through her empowerment seminars, speeches, and coaching sessions and products. Christy's life-changing message reaches over 200,000 people a month, and her work has been promoted by and featured with esteemed authors and luminaries such as Marianne Williamson, Dr. Wayne Dyer, and Marcy Scheinler. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am so thrilled to be with you both. Thank you so much for having me. We are so excited, and there's so many things we can't wait to talk to you about. I want to jump right in by asking you, what was the catalyst to step away from a life that wasn't as fulfilling, that was kind of mediocre? Because I, when I was reading about some of your background, and I've noticed a lot of the folks we interviewed, there was something in their life that was that changing pivot that said, I just can't do it this way anymore. Well, there was a lot of those for me. Um, the, first, the first one that really led me on my path, and I'm grateful for the timing of it, was I had accomplished all the things that I had set out to accomplish. I graduated college. I got a great paying career. I was living in Chicago with my best friend. I, you know, I, I was having lots of freedom. I mean, I, I, I was I, I literally was like living the life. I had money in the bank. I, you know, everything was going well on the outside. But I felt so unfulfilled when I was in those moments of quietness. I'm like, is this it? Is this what life's all about? And then projecting, like seeing myself in the next, you know, 20, 30 years, I'm like, oh my God. So I just felt this emptiness inside. And that it, it was almost like a thirst for something deeper and more. And I went back to what I knew to, you know, be religion and that wasn't working for me. And I happened to meet a guy that was living in California. He was working for the company that I worked for. So we started doing the long distance thing. And I finally decided to transfer to California. And when I got there, he had introduced me to a couple of his friends, one being a hairstylist. And within a couple of weeks of being there, we broke up because I found out that he wasn't a very faithful guy. I used to attract like bad boys, like I was very attracted to bad boys. And um, he was my last, I'm, I'm happy to say. But when I needed to get my hair cut, I went and saw Janine. And there was something, I just couldn't put my finger on it. When she was cutting my hair, I was just watching her and we're having a conversation, but I was observing her. And she had just this joy. It was like, it was like joy bubbles were coming off of her. And I was looking at her going, what you know you know that scene in when harry met sally i'll have what she's having yeah yeah that's how i felt i mean what is you know like what is she so finally being as blunt as i am i said to her okay what do you do and she just started laughing and she says i meditate i said you meditate now this is back i mean 25 years ago and i certainly did not grow up with people that meditated 
And when I thought of meditating, I thought of some kind of guru on the top of a mountain sitting in a yogi position with a long white beard and, you know, oming and things like that. And I was like, meditation. And she said, yeah, I work with a spiritual meditation teacher and I can give you her number if you'd like, but you know, she totally changed my life. And, and so I'm literally dialing Melanie's phone number as I'm walking out of the salon because I was so in need. Remember, I was unfulfilled. I come to California and now I've broken up with a guy. So I'm literally in Northern California with not a friend, not a support system, nobody around. And so that was like a real down point for me. And so I find myself within a week time going into Melanie's house. And this was super, super woo woo for me because there was crystals and, you know, statues of angels and candles all around. And the energy felt great, but I was like, what am I getting myself into? And I sat down on these cushions in her living room. And she said to me the words that absolutely changed my life. She said, you create your own reality. Now, again, this is 25 years ago. We didn't have the internet. There wasn't like the secret. Of, right. Yeah. We didn't have these kind of books out there. And if they were out there, they were in the secret compartment of a bookstore that was not advertised and not, you know, not big on, on, um, they weren't in the front cover or the front table. Right. Great. So, uh, that was the first time I ever heard that. But when she said that to me, there was something that whooshed through my body, through my veins, through my cells. And I knew that to be true. And then my logical brain kicked in and went, well, how? And she, she then said, well, you're either repelling things from you or attracting things to you based on how you think. And I thought, how I think? Because that was that moment of like, my thoughts are my, th I am my thoughts. My thoughts are me. I don't get it. What do you mean how I think? I knew I could change my mind. Like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to wear this. I'm going to wear that instead. But to actually have the concept that I could change my thoughts and that my thoughts weren't real, that was like, right? Like, what? And so she, she said, well, do me a favor. Go home. We'll schedule another appointment. But for the next several days, just pay attention to your thoughts. And so I did. And I was like literally shocked. I couldn't believe how negative I was about myself, the, my negative self-talk, about everybody I knew, about God, about everything. I was in a boxing ring, you know, air boxing myself um, and, and trying to box God. And so everything was just critical and judgmental and just condemning. And, and I, I, I was like, okay, this makes sense, right? How do I then change my thoughts? How do I do this? So that really started me on this path and really changed my, my whole entire life experience. Wow. So you write that through this whole process, you even were able to apply these principles and increased your income five times. Yes. So not only do they work for your spiritual self, but they work for your wallet too, which is, you know, in these uncertain economic times is very comforting to hear. You can't compartmentalize energy. That's right. right? <laughs> That's right. It's going to leak out like those joy bubbles from your hairdresser into yes. everything you do. <laughs> exactly. Well, I keep in my work, I keep coming across people who feel as though life has passed them by, that life has let them down, and that their time is gone. They're kind of past the midlife crisis, and they're just thinking, is, is this it? What would you say to them? Like, 
you know, would you say to them, if you just change your thoughts, it'll change? Or would you say something deeper about the principles that, that you teach and write about? Well, I would say that if you're still here and you are, there's still life in you because we cannot be separated from that which is breathing us, which is our divine self. And so that part of us, which is pure cosmic energy, is the creator, is the life force that's in us, is beating your heart and is pulsating blood through your body. So it's not too late. It's never too late if you're still in a physical body. And it doesn't matter how old you are or what's happened in your past, like you have this now moment to wake up to that connection and to start living by your divine design, which is health and well-being and abundance in all aspects, including financial, and to have you know, creative self-expression, whether it's in a career or a hobby or a piece of art or a piece of music, and to have loving and supportive relationships in all aspects of our lives with all people, our neighbors and our lovers or our kids and our in-laws. I mean, everything is designed so that we are loving and supportive of each other. And when we're in connection with that divine self, then life becomes passionate and purposeful and exciting and, you know, filled with joy. That's the key is connecting, I think. Connecting with ourselves, connecting with others, and linking back into what sparks that joy for us in the first place. Absolutely. The first thing for me is when I, excuse me, when I work with a client is, are they in alignment or not? Meaning, are they in lack or limitation? Because that's not being in alignment. One of the laws that I talk about is the law of sufficiency and abundance. And it's like, if you think of it as like a spectrum on one pole or one side, you have abundance. And on the other side, you have lack. Well, if you're in lack, meaning you know, you feel any type of lower level emotion, a fear of doubt, a frustration, a boredom, anger, you know, sadness, grief. When you're in that place and your mindset is also in that place, anything that pulls your energy down into a perspective or a thought process or just a field of lack, you're not in alignment with your divine self because the divine never goes there. It's always the human aspect of us that does, that gets stuck there sometimes, that gets imprinted in that, depending on what subjects, you know, could be maybe we get stuck in lack about relationships or we get stuck in lack about money or career opportunities or health or well-being. But our divine self that is with us in this now moment, all of our power is now in this moment, is breathing us and is in that place of abundance, of perfect health of complete abundance and and success and passion and all of these type of things. So if we're not there, our divine self is not going to, our co-creative partner is not going to meet us there. So it's us that has to shift and get back into alignment. And a lot of times it's because the energy is so imprinted. It's so, it's a habit. It's what we're used to that when you start to release those imprints and you start to release that lower level energy, what naturally happens is you get back in alignment because that's who we really are. I absolutely love that because that kind of leads into my question is we, our show is uh, a lot of our listeners are, are empaths. That's why we started this, Samantha and I are as well. And personally, I think that this shift that we're going through right now energetically, I'm seeing more and more and more people who are, they're ready, they're willing to step more fully into their power, their light, and their purpose. It feels like part of this whole 
global shift we're all going through. But for many, they're being held back by shame or guilt or trying to evolve into this next better side of themselves, but those old patterns are holding them back. So would be some techniques or some tools that people could use to be able to release themselves from those self-limiting beliefs or, or restrictions? Yeah. So if, you, if let's talk about the perspective of energy, because everything is energy. Modern science has shown that quantum physics have pro, you know, shown that as well, proven that, that everything really is energy. Now I know a lot of people, especially your audience have probably heard that a dozen thousand times, right? Everything is energy. But when we get it as a concept, versus when we live from that, that's a very different experience. So understanding that everything is energy, including those feelings of shame or guilt or, you know, whatever it is, that we are energy as a human being, we are energy receivers, meaning that we have to receive in energy. And because we have trillions of cells, and each one of those cells has receptor sites that are always kind of like our bodies needing liquid to survive, needing food, needing to eliminate. These are functions of the human body. Our, our human body also needs to bring in energy. And it, it, a lot of times it brings in energy. And that's why, you know, empaths a lot of times find themselves having to isolate and not be around a lot of people because they pick up on the energy of other people so easily. They can pick up on the fear. They can pick up on the frustration or sadness of other people. And, so it's understanding that your receptor sites are needing to bring in energy. We have to. And so when you can come to a place where you're the one choosing deliberately what type of frequency and energy you want to bring in, if you're saying to your, the divine self as you're waking up in the morning saying, today I want to receive in joy into every single cell in my body, and you just feel yourself being filled up, like all of your cells just being filled up with that frequency of joy. It's always us that has to ask. It can't be imposed on us. It's not an assertion-based universe. It's an attraction-based universe. We have free will. And so when we use our free will to say, I want to feel joy today or passion or love or whatever it is that we want to feel, feel ourselves being filled up with that joy. And then when you're filled up, right? And then something happens. Maybe you have that habitual way of thinking or feeling, and all of a sudden you feel shame. Then what you can do is because we are also energy um, generators and we can understand that our emotions, our thoughts are also energy, that we can be the energy masters of our entire beingness, right? So having the awareness, having that emotional intelligence of I'm feeling bad, you don't necessarily have to name it, you don't have to justify it, you don't have to say where you got it or why it's there. But energetically, just seeing it as as energy going into your emotional body, which is your belly, right? I mean, your emotions are all over, they're in the receptor sites of a whole entire body, but the isolation in your belly if you go into and put all of your focus and attention, all of your awareness into your belly and find the energetic pulsation as if you were going to put your hand over your heart and feel your heartbeat or take your hand and, you know, find your pulse on your wrist or on your neck, same kind of concept. But now you're finding that pulsation of say calling forth the shame that you're feeling and allow yourself to just feel the shame 
and, and try to keep most of your energy on the emotions, not getting engaged in the mind. Because if you get the energy of the emotions and the mind, they're going to continue to feed on each other. And that's why so many people get frustrated when they try to change a thought habit. And so they do affirmations, but they don't get to the root cause of the emotions. So they can say affirmations all day long, but if they're not changing the energetic state of their emotions, the emotions are going to then feed back the, and it's a stronger energy and frequency will feed back the thoughts and the thoughts and the emotions, they just continue to create havoc or create, you know, good things with each other, depending on where your focus is. So if you put your focus on your belly and you're allowing the energy and you just, it's like waiting in the ocean for a surfer that's going to wait for a wave and you, you find that pulsation, that energy, and you just get up on that, that board and you just ride that wave. It takes about 90 seconds to actually pulsate out to process if you don't resist it or just being with it, accepting it, letting that energy just move out. You might Im imagine that the energy is moving down your legs, going back into Mother Earth. You can imagine that's moving out. You can imagine that it's transmuting. But once you start to pulsate out that energy, then you can bring in again the energy of joy and fill yourself up with joy. So that's, and, you know, and then find the thoughts that are causing you to also feel the shame and isolate those. And so it's really playing with energy and light and isolating. So do you feel like almost talking to the shame would help and telling it that it no longer needs to be there or you, yeah, focusing you, on emotion more? Yeah, it's more of the motion of, of when you think about energy, if someone has, for example, this is how we get imprints, right? We're, we're going along, we're feeling good. All of a sudden, someone says something to us or we do something or we realize we made a mistake. And instead of feeling that emotion in the moment, we shut down. And so we create these imprints because we shut down around it. It's kind of like the way I like to equate it is, you're at a soccer game watching your kids play and all of a sudden here comes the soccer ball. It's about to hit you in the head. So you put up your arms and the soccer ball goes away and everything's fine. But you spend the rest of your life with your arms up trying to guard your face from the soccer ball, which is no longer there, which is no longer a threat. And so that's what we do emotionally is that it's like energy gets blocked and, you know, cannot be created or destroyed, but it has to keep moving. It's not stagnant. So if we close our hearts down, for example, around something that happens and we don't process the energy of that emotion, our, we get a blockage. And it's kind of like a caged animal. Like if you imagine a tiger at the zoo that's just going around and around and around his cage and he's like ready to come out, that, that energy causes a vortex. And that vortex becomes what thought, how thoughts are formed, how emotions continue to get stirred up. We then see evidence of more of that, you know, like, okay, a girlfriend betrayed you, was maybe cheated on you with your, a boyfriend. Now you made this, you know, thing that girls can't or women can't be trusted. And this energy is spiraling and spiraling on, on that imprint. And then you get another girlfriend, she does the same kind of thing or, or betrays you in a very different way. So now you've got evidence, you've got another belief that, well, women can't, I can't trust women. And now you're living life from that big imprint of what is not necessarily true, 
but we have created that as truth in our own beingness from that energetic imprint that created the thoughts that created the evidence that showed us the belief. And we now go see it's true. And then that becomes how we live our life. And that vortex almost acts like a magnet for more of that. Exactly. It is a magnet for more of that. It's drawing more to it of that frequency and vibration. That's law of attraction. Right. I, I totally agree. Now, we did a show a couple of weeks ago on optimism versus pessimism. And it was interesting to read the research on it because what new research is showing is that optimists don't actually do a whole lot better than pessimists. It's actually realists who do the best. And that reminded me of some of the things you're writing about when you teach people how to detach from their expectations and dreams. Could you talk about that in terms of are you saying people shouldn't be optimistic about their expectations and dreams or they should shift their expectations? Or are you talking more about shifting into a energy of allowing the universe to present exactly. to you what it's there? Yes, exactly. So let's give a practical example. So when I was wanting to have a partner, right, to have someone to share my life with, I was very clear about what I wanted, what I didn't want, the qualities, characteristics. As a matter of fact, I had a scroll of characteristics. And it was, so I was very attached to the type of person that I wanted to be with and the quality of person that I wanted to be with. But what I was not attached to is who it was, when I was going to meet him, how I was going to meet him, the timing of when it was going to happen, where we were going to live, any of that stuff. And so obviously what he was going to look like, you know, I, no idea. So I just knew that I wanted to have someone in my life. And the reason I wanted to have someone in my life is because I wanted to be able to share connection and love with someone and have, you know, experiences that I can share as my companion through life. And knowing that because I wanted to have connection and love, I had to first feel those feelings. So I practiced bringing in the feeling of connection and love within myself so that when I did meet him, I wasn't like desperate for love and connection. I was coming from a fulfilled place. So as I was along my path, meeting people and stuff like that, I had to, I would be like, oh, is that him? No, wait, wait, that's not him. Um, who's that? Him? That's not him. You know, so it was a moments of like feeling like, ooh like wanting to grasp on to that, to that guy, because maybe that's him. And that was in those places where I needed to just detach and allow. And really when I met Frederick, my husband 13 years ago, um, almost 14 years ago now, I was so in a place of being connected to myself and in love with myself, not from an egoic place, but just really appreciating who I was and what my life was like. And, and when I met him, it was so divine that he was literally standing in front of me in a line at a personal development conference. They said, pick a partner. He turned around. The first words he ever said to me is, will you be my partner? So I always tell him, be careful what you say. Um, but I was very detached in the fact that if it was him or not, or when I was going to meet the person. So I had this idea. I had this desire. I had this, this, you know, wanting this intention but the detachment came in all of the details, the how, the who, the where, all of that kind of stuff. And that's where I feel we have to then allow because the universe has a bird's eye view of our lives and knows what's best in the timing and all of that. See, and there's the rub, I think, is that energy of allowing. I think that's where most people get stuck. 
I just yes. got an email from a listener. I was talking to Denise about it before this morning, and it really touched my heart. She was writing about how she's done everything to connect with her spirit and her intuition. And she must have repeated three times in the email, I want it so badly. And I thought, oh, that's why it's not happening, because you want it so badly. And I think that's so hard when you legitimately want something, you've done the work for it, and it's not happening. I think that's where people get lost in the whole law of attraction thing. Well, and I agree. And here's why. Because let's talk about, we kind of started the conversation between lack and abundance, right? So if you think of it as a spectrum, you've got lack on one side, abundance on the other, and the doorway into abundance from lack, because there's got to be that tipping point, is satisfaction. And if someone is so desperate for, for something, they're coming from lack. I had a woman I was coaching say, I've been waiting 37 years for my soulmate. I know he's coming, but where is he? You know, it's like, she's just so frustrated because she's focused on the lack of him being there instead of being in the satisfaction of where she is in her life, not faking it, but really finding the positive aspects of being in her own life and coming from the energetic fulfillment of feeling what it's going to be like when she has that partner. That's what I would do when I was alone and I, you know, wasn't, I didn't have Frederick as my partner yet. I would, I knew that obviously I can't be feeling desperate. I can't be feeling lonely. I can't be feeling, oh my God, I have no connection to someone. You know, I had to feel that fulfillment of being with myself, with my divine self. So I'm not coming from that lack because you cannot, this is a vibrational law. You cannot create or attract something if you're in lack. Because if you're in lack, it doesn't matter if it's a man or money or whatever it is someone desires or wants. If you're in the lack phase of it, energetically, by the words that you say, just those words, the words that you say, I'm so, I want it so bad, right? Because I don't have it now. It would be the extension of that conversation. Because I'm lacking it. I don't have it. I want it so bad. Instead of coming from, I'm happy with where I'm at. I see the positive aspects of my life. I'm so looking forward to the time that I have with this person or that I'm really looking forward to when I create more money or I'm really looking forward to having thriving business. But right here, right now, I can see the positive aspects. I love my life. I'm connected with my divine self. So whenever we're in lack, we can't, we, that's where we need to shift into alignment with our divine self. Right. I am enough. Yes. This moment is enough. I have enough money in my wallet. I, you know, I, I'm good. I'm good with myself. I can go to a, I'm not going to wait to go to that fancy restaurant that I've always wanted to go to until I find the partner and then go, oh, where is he? I want to go to that restaurant. Go to the restaurant. Exactly. I think a lot of people will get almost to the gate. They'll get almost to the stage and then they'll either self-sabotage through repetitive emotions or behaviors? Are there any things that a lot of us tend to do over and over and over again right before we reach that place of self-acceptance and energy? And just to, to backtrack for a second, what you were just saying, I think another aspect of that is when you are doing what you love and you're feeling like you're fully yourself with truth and authenticity, that vibration is going to bring in the person that, that, that reciprocates that back to you, not someone you're not searching you're accepting so yes. i just 
I love, love, love the way you put that. Do you see a pattern with maybe some certain emotions that people get hung up on? I know procrastination is huge or fear-based or what are some of the biggies? Yeah. So one of the things that I talk about is vices and, you know, people think of vices as, okay, well, I drink too much coffee or eat too much sugar or I drink too much alcohol or, you know, not as a, an addiction, but more of as a vice. I, I feel bad. So I have to then go do this thing, you know, to I go to go shop or I got to go do this to, to feel better as a temporary relief. Well, we also do this internally. There's inner vices such as comparing ourselves with other people, competing with other people, complaining, judgment, condemning, criticism, you know, all of those type of, of things. And again, it's coming from a place of I'm not feeling good, but let me, this is like an inner habit to make me feel better in the moment, even though it doesn't feel good. It's like someone smoking cigarettes. It's not good for you, but, you, but they still do it. So the complaining, the comparing, even though it, it takes them out of the moment of ha instead of having them be present with the way they feel, they're focused on something else instead of the pain that they're feeling. So what, one of the things I wanted to share is that you, when someone is in the place of self-sabotage, a lot of times we don't realize, let's go back to the conversation of energy. If you're going about your life and all of a sudden you're feeling excited about something or you're feeling joyful about something, you're feeling positive emotions, which are our natural way of being, which is we're supposed to thrive and feel good and be able to process the energy because life is, you know, on planet earth in these physical human bodies, it's polarity. So there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be left and right. There's going to be lack. There's going to be abundance. There's going to be fear. There's going to be love. And if we learn how to just really be aware of things that come in, are accepting of the emotions, process them as they happen, and then take an action such as bringing in a different energy or communicating or doing it, whatever we need to do, um, you know, that's really what's important. But someone's going along, they don't know this information and maybe they're excited about something. I'll use, I'll use an example of excitement from my own life. I remember when I was about six years old and I was at a day camp in the summer and there was a horse. Now I had never seen a horse before. My parents aren't horse people. And I'd never been that close to a horse. And they told us little girls that we were going to be able to get on the horse. And I thought I was going to come out of my skin. I was so excited because this big, beautiful, majestic creature was in front of me and I get to sit on it. Oh my God, I'm raising my hand. I want to be one of the first. So they put me on the horse and they didn't have a saddle. It was bareback. And they put two little girls. We were very little. The horse was very big put two little girls in front of me. So I'm in the back. And I remember that moment of being on the horse for the first time and being so high up and looking at everything and, and petting just like, you know, the, the feeling of just petting this horse and just the moment of it. And all of a sudden, without me knowing a dog comes by the horse, scares the horse, the horse bucks up. I go falling off the back of the horse. The horse oh. is really high and I'm little. Oh. I go bam to the ground, right? Completely. And then the two little girls go boom, boom on top of me. So I, we all get up and I can't breathe. Like for the first time ever in my life, I got the wind knocked out of me and there was no breath coming in my body. It was, you know, like I couldn't get any breath. And because nobody around me was there to comfort me, right? The counselor's like, she'll be okay. Tapping me on the shoulder, like real compassion, right? I literally was terrified. 
So I didn't know this imprint. Here I am so excited. Anytime I was in my adult life even, going towards a dream or a desire and felt myself get excited, I would kick in and I would sabotage myself. Because if in my subconscious, if I got that excited, I might die. Wow. So wow. I would get to a place where I was going to get an award for something. And I was like, everybody was sure. And I was like super excited. And then boom, because out of self-protection. So until I release that imprint, that excitement means death. Now I'm allowed to get, I allowed myself to feel the energy of excitement and to jump up and down for things and get excited again. But I wouldn't for years because I thought I would die. Wow. Right? So an equation of anything, you're, you're feeling joy, you're so in love, you're so happy, you're, you're, you're joyful. And all of a sudden you're driving in your car, you're singing a song, you look over and is that my boyfriend with my best friend? Whack. It's like a bushwhack. That joy, oh my God, if I ever feel this joyful again, I'm going to be betrayed. So we, we're smart, 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 smart human beings. And yet at the same time, very illogical at sometimes that, you know, one plus one equals two, of course. But a lot of times we see that and, and like children that have very concrete thinking, if daddy doesn't show me love in this moment, that means daddy doesn't love me. We create these concrete decisions that joy means pain without knowing that we're doing it. My son, when we started this home homeschooling thing, when we were, you know, all in COVID thing, and uh, um, my husband took over kind of like doing their homeschooling. And my son, Alex, my oldest, he's 11 now, um, was wanting him to give him the answers. And my, my husband was like, no, you got to come to your own answers yourself. You know, like he knows how intelligent he is. So they were kind of butting heads. So that night, I was saying to him as I was tucking him into bed, rubbing his back, I said, do you know how loved you are? And he goes, by you? And I said, well, what, do you, what does that mean? And he goes, I don't think daddy loves me. And I go, really? Why would, what would make you say that? He's so hard on me with school. And I said, do you know why he's hard on you with school? No. And I said, because he loves you. Because he knows that how intelligent you are and that you could come to your own answers and that daddy already knows the stuff that you're doing, but it's up to you to learn it so that you have that life skill. And I said, and you know how dad takes you all to your soccer games and takes you all these different tournaments, driving you all over Arizona and drives you to all these different birthday parties and cooks you the most amazing food. And I mean, I went on and on and I go, you want, he does all that stuff. He goes, cause he loves me. Yeah. But in that moment as a child, with our concrete thinking, had we not had that conversation, my son, Alex, might have thought, my mom loves me, my dad doesn't, shut down. And that effect of that decision creates an imprint. So maybe he doesn't trust men, or maybe he can't find good, you know, we don't know how that would have been in his life. Maybe you had a partner that, you know, now he doesn't trust because he doesn't think he cares about him or a boss or, you know, it could have affected other areas of his life. But that decision that my dad doesn't like, love me was very short lived because then he could see a different perspective. So that imprint wasn't allowed to be made, thankfully, good parenting. Thank you. But some of us were raised in where we were marinated in negative imprints, either from parents or even religion, I think can do that sometimes, oh, you know, yes. we're all sinners and going to hell and all that. 
what I'm hearing from you is that the way to erase these imprints is to first recognize them and then give them the validation and attention and credence they need by feeling them and then emotionally release them through visualization, like visualizing that imprint leaving your body. I just want to make sure I'm following that correctly. You've got it and, and really feel, feeling it because if, if you're really coming from a place of everything is energy, so, so let's use the example of my son, Alex, say that he did go into an imprint and he went, daddy doesn't love me. And he shuts down around that. That's an imprint. It's now a belief, right? He would have continued to create more butting heads with his father, you know, that kind of thing. So now he, now he's a 30 year old, 40 year old, maybe 50 year old man. He's having problems in relationships, right? So here he is today. And he now remembers that time. He remembers that time of daddy doesn't love me. And he, in this now moment, shifts that perspective and says, no, my dad did love me. My dad showed me this and that and that. That imprint energetically, you can imagine that that is just releasing from the body as energy, flowing out of the body, flowing out of the mind, and then bringing in the energy of the truth, of love, of respect, of you know, the energy that you do want to feel about it. And let that energy flow in and then feel your body, feel your whole beingness expand in that new decision. It's like an unhooking anchors from a human being. Oh, that's a good visual. Well, what if it were Alex? What if it were another little boy named, I don't know, Billy, and his dad didn't love him, like seriously didn't love him? What would you recommend for someone like that to release the anchor? Yeah, so I have clients like that. I, I have a, one, a woman that realized that she never knew ever, and she's in her 60s, never knew love, never knew anybody to love her, never felt loved, and, and had, had evidence, had evidence of her mom even saying, you're unlovable. I mean, you know, because there are, unfortunately, people that are very disconnected and say horrible things to people, especially ones that they are in the influence of a mom and a dad saying something you'll never amount to anything. Who, who do you think you are? You know, you're not lovable. These things are huge imprints in a human body, psyche, uh, emotions. And yet there's a way to un, unwind it. Um, you know, it's like a, a big ball of thread, you know, like if you're trying to unwind it or if you've ever had a piece of jewelry where the necklace got wound it up and you have to kind of unwind it and kind of try to get the knot out. That's what it's like energetically is really being able to find those places. And in that moment, when that woman, for example, realized I never allowed myself to be loved. I was told I'm not lovable, but my divine self loves me. If that, if I know that to be true, which there's no other way for me to know that to be true other than to have faith and to start feeling it where we then put our focus on feeling how and allowing ourselves to be loved. And sometimes it's very uncomfortable because we don't know that feeling. When I first started feeling peace in my body, because most of my life was full of chaos and drama and trying to fix things. And though I started feeling peace, I was like, okay, something's wrong here. This is really boring. <laughs> Because I didn't have anything to fix or there's no chaos or drama or over, you know, over amplification of things. I had to get used to that feeling of peace. And it's like a new normal. 
is if someone smoked all their lives and they quit smoking. They have to get used to life not smoking. It's very similar. So it's a, it's a change in, just like we made a decision when we were a kid, I'm not lovable, I'm not good enough, nobody loves me. We can now make a decision of who we are and that we are loved and start living from that new perspective. But it's all about energy. You can't just mind it, right? People say, oh, it's all about mindset. No, it is not. That's a piece of it. It's about your energy. It's about becoming an energy master. And I think it's about patience because if it took years for those old tapes to be imprinted, it's going to take time for them to be unprinted. And I think people need to be patient with themselves through that process. It, it, really, it really depends on the resistance because if someone really finds, like, um, I'm not sure if, I, if you guys knew this or if, if you're aware of this, but I also channel the council and they're kind of ascended masters that come through me, my, my consciousness goes out. When the council, because they're infinite intelligence, they're working with a client 101, they can, and I've seen them do this many times, well, they'll say to that person, you have this imprint when you were five and a half years old. And the person's like, oh my God, that's when I started getting sexually abused. Or this happened when you were, there's an imprint right here energetically, because they see it all from a holograph and energy. There's an imprint when you were seven. <gasps> That's when my parents got a divorce. Like they, they can just pig point these things. And that's when they will help the client be able to literally release. It's like pulling out that anchor and then bringing in that new energy. And the client's lives are just completely changed, completely changed. Now, there's other things like if someone's going through grief, right? I had a sister, I, I still have a sister, but she, um, I just had the anniversary on Memorial Day. Um, she had committed suicide 24 years ago. And that was one of those things that it was a traumatic situation, not only for me, but my parents. And so it wasn't like, oh, okay, this, I got this bad news or I got this email, that email frustrated me. So I got to process the energy, bring in the new energy. Now I'm fine. That was a wave after wave of grief, of anger, of shock, of then hearing it from my mom and dad and seeing what they were going through. So it was a constant having to process that energy and that release so that it didn't get imprinted into me so that I'm now a, you know, bitter person or I'm angry at my sister or, you know, I can't connect with her because I, I'm so um, closed off and closed down that I'm afraid to love again. So it was a commitment that I made in that moment, knowing what I know, knew to release all and every imprint. Now, if it's something like from a childhood, there might be layers and lev levels to it, right? There might be if someone, say, say, for example, was verbally, mentally, sexually abused, right? They may process the energy and then another memory will come up with that, that created a different imprint and then it's releasing that. So it just really depends on the person, the situation, the history, the, the way they perceived it, the decisions they made about it. But the great news is, is that it is all energy and it can be healed and it can be transformed and transmuted if you allow it to be and, and you can, are willing to connect with your divine self that's breathing you, which is the source of all energy that you know has our treasure chest with, a, with, it, with it and is the source of all well-being and abundance and connection and everything that we desire. Beautifully answered. 
Thank you. So a lot of people are at the point where they know they're ready to make a change. They know their life isn't where they want it to be or their relationship or their job or, or whatever it might be. What would be a first step for folks? Well, I always say that, you know, when you recognize contrast and, and, you know, this whole situation with COVID and everything, what the council was saying is that when, when this first started, I went to the council and I'm like, what gives? Like, what's up with this? This is nuts. And I don't understand. And what they said is that it's an amplification time. When you think about it, every single person has to adhere to, because whether they know about it or not, has to deal with energy and universal laws and, you know, the things that govern this universe. Most people aren't even aware of it. But what we do have is free will and choice as we work with the universal laws, as we work with our life. This is on a bigger scale where every single human being, doesn't matter if you're a celebrity or an athlete, if you're a stay-at-home mom, if you're a man or a woman, what religion you're in, what country you live in, it was global for the first time ever, ever in the history. It's global. And so we're all kind of in the same situation. Some are different degrees. But what was being amplified was different for each person. And what was being amplified or is being amplified for each person, we still have our free will and choice. So for example, you could have one person that has a very bad relationship with money, is always worried about money. Then this happens, they lose their job. Now they're even more worried about money. This is an opportunity to really turn that contrast into what you do want. And I'll talk about that in a minute someone that is wanting a, a life partner and they've been waiting and waiting and waiting for the soulmate. They live at home. Now they're in lockdown. They're not supposed to see any people at all. And now they're really, really lonely. I mean, it's amplifying that. So it's an awakening time because of what's being amplified, right? And those other people that are, oh, I'm in a marriage. It's fine. We're going along. And now they're locked in together and they're realizing I really can't stand this person. I don't want to live the rest of my life with this person. Like it's like everything's being amplified. So with this amplification, with this contrast, you want to, the first starting point is you got to get clear. You know what you don't want and focusing on what you don't want will keep you creating more of what you don't want. So it's important to ask yourself, what do I want? And that's where the focus starts to change mentally. What do I want? If I was going to get in a new relationship, what, would, how, what kind of person would I want to be in a relationship? What, what, what would I want? If I want to live somewhere different, if I want to have a partner, if I want to change, if I had a, the financial situation that I want, what would I want? So what do you want? The second question is, why do you want it? Because when you start thinking of the whys that you want it, now it starts the energy. You're starting energy movement towards what you do want. You're giving off. You're transmitting the energy towards what you do want. And now that's where your mental, your emotional, all the parts of you are into, well, I want someone that respects me. I want someone that I can laugh with. I want someone I can travel with. I want someone that I can cuddle and snuggle with. I want someone that has the same morals and values as that I have. Or if it's about money, I, I want to be able to feel like I'm free to do what I want to do and buy what I want to buy. And I want to be able to know that, at, just feel that sense of security, right? So what is the why so someone wants something? So what, are they, what do you want? Why do you want it? And then how do you want to feel? We always think that, well, if I just got a new guy, 
or if I just got the partner, or if I just made more money, or if I got the, the promotion, or if I had this accomplishment, if I had this career doing what I wanted it to do, then I'll feel. And that's so opposite. We have to feel in order to attract it. But a lot of times we're not even aware of why we want something and how we're going to feel. So we put it out and then we make that new level of money and we feel good for a little bit. And it's like, okay, well, that didn't do it. So maybe I need to make more money, right? And it's like, it just keeps going up and up and up, never to be satisfied. So what do you want? Why do you want? How do you want to feel? And in that space of, I want to feel free. Okay, well, you are living and breathing right now with your divine self. It's beating your heart. It's breathing you. It's doing all sorts of stuff in your body you don't even have to think about or worry about. All the stuff that your kidneys and your digestion and your liver and all this stuff is going on that your life is doing for you. That's also the source of your energy of freedom. So all you have to do is ask to feel freedom. And allow like this waterfall of energy of freedom or a rays of energy of freedom to fill up every single cell in your body and then consistently be in the vibration of that, regardless of what the situation is in the outer reality, be in the vibrational energy of that. Then you change your situation, circumstance, and everything out because it is a spiritual truth as above, so below, as within, so without. And then from there, it's important to watch what you say because after you go through this, okay, what do I want? Why do I want it? How do I, then you start speaking words of can't and should and don't, and I don't want this. And, you know, so our words that we say start the whole entire creation process. I'm not biblical at all. I'm definitely not a religious person, but in the Bible, it says in the beginning, there was the word and our words are like our wands. They have absolute creative power and our words can either create more of what we want or create more of what we don't want. Because a word, when you think about what a thought is, a thought is a series of words. And a thought thought over and over and over again creates a belief and we create from our beliefs. So the whole entire creation process starts with our words. So let me just give a practical example. Right now with everybody going through you know, the pandemic or just even coming out of it, and some are still in it because they're still in lockdown. Um, when someone is saying, and I, I see this a lot with like celebrities and stuff like that, oh, I miss this so much. I miss seeing my sisters or I miss getting a pedicure or I miss going to a restaurant or I'm really missing watching my kids play sports. When you're saying the word I miss, you're in lack. You're not in satisfaction. You're not in abundance. You're in a place of lack. So yes, you probably have an awareness that you miss something, but if you shift those words and shift your awareness to, God, you know, I am so looking forward to going to a nice restaurant on a date with my husband. I am so looking forward to getting a pedicure. I really appreciate being outside watching my kids play soccer. I really appreciate going to a sporting event. I really appreciate going to a live workshop where I can actually hug people and have that type of community. You see the difference between I miss and I appreciate or I'm looking forward to? Yeah, it's a much better energy. Well, tell people you have a free 30-day program to help them learn how to do this that they can find at watchyourwords.com. Can you tell listeners about that? 
Yes, because, and thank you for that. I, I have got asked for years and years and years, like, how do you start? I mean, when you start working with energy and everything is energy, it can be very overwhelming. So how do you start? I mean, when I first started my self-awareness, you know, when my meditation teacher said, watch your thoughts, I was like, what? I mean, it was so overwhelming. But what we do have control of, nobody puts words in our mouth, we have control of our language. But most of us have learned language from our parents and caregivers and teachers, and they just didn't understand that a lot of the things that they said and now we say are rooted in lack. We're constantly, people are constantly saying, oh my God, I don't want to do, I don't want to gain weight. I don't want to go there. I don't, 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 don't. Well, what do you want? Instead of saying what you don't want, say what you do want. So I came up with 30 words and phrases that literally are mired in lack and limitation that pull our energy down. And when it pulls our energy down, it, cre it creates this momentum and this spiral effect where we stay stuck in what we don't. But just by changing your words, it opens up your energy field and you start moving into the area of what you do want. But, but in the moment, you feel a relief of feeling better. It's 30 videos. They're all very short. You get one delivered every day for there for like, you know, some of them are two minutes, some of them are four minutes. And they tell you three things. The word that we must eliminate from our language and number two, why, what it's doing to you vibrationally. And then the word to say or the phrase to say instead. So instead of I miss, I look forward to, right? Instead of I don't want, I want this, right? I prefer this. So these are short little things that are just, they, they, you know, it's like little bite-sized pieces of information that will help you along the way to start understanding really who you are as an energy being and so that you can become an energy master of your own life. So if you guys want to check that out for free, it's watchyourwords.com and they can find out you and more about your work and how to work with you and the council at christywhitman.com. Yes. And it's a great website. You've got a ton of wonderful information and links and in, in, information and resources on there. Thank you. Been doing that a long time. <laughs> well, you can tell. And you can find all of her books on Amazon, The Art of Having It All, Taming Your Alpha Bitch. I love that title. Quantum <laughs> Success. And you, you even have um, a Kindle, a little short one, The Seven Laws of the Universe, I think it's called. Yes, the seven that's, universal laws. Yeah, that's it. The seven universal laws. That's a great read as well. Thank you so much for coming on our show. I really appreciate you sharing your time and wisdom with us. Oh, thank you so much, Samantha and Denise. Thank you too. I really appreciate you both and what you're doing out in the world to raise the level of conversation that we're having. Rise, you know, raise the level of of consciousness. So, thank you both for what you do. Well, thank you, and thank you everyone for listening. As always, please remember to show up do great work, and share your light. Take care.